Hey, Emma. Hey, baby. My name is Danny with an I. And I am Danny with a Y. And, and this, this is, is Eating Rotten Apples. Are you okay? No. Can you guys tell that I'm sick? <laughs> highly medicated right now. No, I'm highly medicated. 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 As, as, oh, Here this we is go. going to be fun. This is going to be real good. So uh, we have been sick for the last week. Um, running fevers. No, it is not COVID. Thankfully, um, we did not have COVID. We just have the common cold. If you guys are watching on YouTube, TikTok, or Instagram, you have noticed that we have a new addition to the show. This is Cora. Cora, baby. We just got her. If you guys are watching on um, YouTube, then you guys can see. I literally just said that. But no, no, no. Uh... Okay, let's just get started. How about that? So before we get into this segment, I did want to say this episode is not going to be one of our norm normals. Yes. This is a... Um... Well, it's going to be normal. So we're going to be reading stories from you guys once Literally. a month. Yeah, but... once a month. Or if you guys enjoy these stories, we'll, we'll read them more often. Yes. Um, because I know I've gotten a ton of emails and stories and DMs wanting to share their stories. So depending on how you guys like it, you guys can always give us feedback on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, email. You guys can give us feedback however you want. Oh my gosh, I'm just so stuffy. So there was a story that really st stuck out to me because it resonated with me in it was a little familiar with me. Um, being in a small town of Cecil County, everybody knows everybody's business. So this is a little close to home for us. We live in Cecil County, Maryland, and this happened in the next town over in Darlington. This is the story of Jordan Waxter and the sleepover. Before we get into the, the sleepover part, I did want to talk about Jordan. Jordan was the youngest of her mother and father. She did have an older brother. Her family was really, really close so close that her family lived directly next door to them in this small town. You know, family, they were the typical family where uncles and aunts and grandparents and cousins, they all got together every weekend. They did cookouts. They, they went karaoke and family vacations, camping, the whole nine yards. They were very close. It was no surprise when her, Jordan's mom and father had to go to work Jordan's mom's brother, Uncle Tommy, would watch Jordan and Uncle mm -hmm. while they were away at work. Uncle Tommy's family also had three children as well. His older two were similar ages as Jordan and Uncle. Mm -hmm. The kids were very close. All the cousins were close. But the other family members were very, very jealous of Uncle Tommy and Dawn's relationship because they were younger siblings and they were really close and then their children were really close and then their significant others also like to hang out and it was just a very beautiful family. So it was a surprise in the mid-2000s when Uncle Tommy and his family uprooted and left to the next town over. Things really didn't change between the, the families. They were always close, they always hung out, kids with the cousins would sleep over Uncle Tommy's house, the other fam the other kids would sleep over at Aunt Dawn's and Uncle Mike's house. Things never really changed. 
nothing really changing and the kids getting older they wanted to hang out more and more so in april of 2005 anna uncle tommy's oldest daughter was about to turn 13 and she wanted all her friends and cousins there so of course jordan only being 11 being the youngest out of the girl cousins she was ecstatic when her older cousin wanted her to partake in this teenage sleepover so Jordan was scrummaging through her whole entire closet trying to find something to wear so she could impress, you know, her cousin and her cousin's friends. I know if I was, I know if I was 11 and I got invited to a 13-year-old sleepover, I would be ready. I'll be like. All the time. Every time that I got invited to like the senior cheerleading team party and I was a freshman, and varsity, mm -hmm. I was so hyped, so I could only imagine like how she felt as an 11 year old being with the big girls. Yeah, it's a dream. Jordan's father dropped Jordan off at Uncle Tommy's house to have the sleepover with Anna and her friends. Jordan's father did let her know that hey, we have church in the morning, mm -hmm. I'm picking you up bright and early in the morning. Once the girls got all settled in, the girls went down to Uncle Tommy's basement. Uncle Tommy's basement was the hot spot had the pool table, it had a hidden bar. It was every teen's dream hangout. But while the parents were upstairs, the girls were downstairs talking about boys, giggling, having the normal hurrah of a sleepover being a yeah. new teen, teenager. The girls got into the butterscotch schnapps mixed with orange Kool-Aid. Oh, oh. <laughs> when I spoke to Jordan, she said, it's pretty disgusting. She was so nervous about, you know, impressing the girls that she kind of spilled the rest of her drink on her clothing. Mm. She also didn't want to get in trouble in case they found out that they were sneaking into the liqueur cabinet. I would be terrified if I smelled like butter snaps. There's 11, 13, <laughs> 14, yeah, I'd yeah. be terrified. My mom terrified. one time. It was not a good I never yeah. got caught. I never had to get caught in anyone. I'm just, I'm just trying to be funny. But you don't have to look at me like that. You guys know what look she's giving me. Okay. So the party continued. The later that it got, one of the attendees got a little tired, so she went upstairs. Uncle Tommy's friends eventually departed, and his wife also went to bed. So after Uncle Tommy's friends departed, Uncle Tommy made his way down into the basement. And this is where the story gets a little sinister. After Uncle Tommy's friends left, Uncle Tommy decided that he was going to go downstairs and hang out with the girls for a few minutes. Roughly 20 minutes he was downstairs in the basement before the girls decided that they were tired and they wanted to go to bed. Uncle Tommy was unsatisfied with the girls departing so shortly after he came downstairs that he asked the girls to stay down there. The girls were like, no, we're going to go upstairs. We are really tired. But Jordan, being the people pleaser that she was, felt bad for Uncle Tommy. That was her favorite uncle. Uncle Tommy and Jordan did have a very close relationship. That was his sweet pea. Mm -hmm. If she had a problem with anything, she would go to her uncle. Her uncle has always been her protector. She's always had a very close relationship with him. Her mother also has a very close relationship with Uncle Tommy. So, you know, she didn't want to hurt her uncle Phil's time. Family's a big thing to them, right? Exactly. So she, this is normal. Like, yeah. It's not like normal that he's making her feel bad. 
it's normal that she wants to make him feel not alone. And it's normal for her to hang out with him separately. Yeah. Everyone there. Yeah, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. There's no alarms ringing off in her head. Yeah. So she does. She she stays downstairs while the girls go back upstairs. Uncle Tommy asked Jordan if she wanted to play pool. Jordan has never played pool a day in her life, so she really didn't know exactly what to do. Uncle Tommy asked her if he could teach her how to play. It wasn't abnormal for him to ask her if he could teach her some tips and tricks on how to do something. But unfortunately, this is where she became aware that this was not just Uncle Tommy trying to teach her how to play. Instead of teaching her tips and tricks, he came up behind his 11-year-old niece, pressed his body into hers, craning his face so close to hers, he practically touching her ears with his mouth as he whispered, here's what you do next. He kept on telling her not to hit the cue ball too forcefully, to kiss it, a little peck from the tip of the pool stick. As he was repeating this to her, he was kissing her on the cheek as he is whispering those vowel things in her ear. Could, like, but why would you even compare kissing the ball? Like, yeah. you know, like just tap it. Yeah, it's Not pretty... kiss it, tap it. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. Softly. Yeah, I mean... Not hard. Yeah. Not kiss it. She doesn't kiss anyone. Yeah. Even as an 11-year-old, her body wearing cold. She knew that moment where something was off. The intuition. Something was not right. Yeah, her intuition. At 11 years old, she she for, had an experience yeah, somebody that she was very close with to, you know, say those things to her. Right. It might not appear to be, you know, inappropriate, inappropriate at the time, but if you think about it, especially with your daughter, you're like, wait, Oh, yeah. And this man has been drinking, and Uncle Tommy is a known alcoholic. He is known for diving into a 30-pack of Coors, Coors Light a night. Seriously? Yeah. So by this time, you know he's probably intoxicated. So imagine your drunk uncle pressing his body into yours and whispering these things that are seemingly not so inappropriate, but it's very inappropriate. The, the, con- the body contact, the whispering, the c- constantly kissing on the cheek. As an 11-year-old, as a grown-ass woman I am today, I'm really uncomfortable. Yeah. Jordan decides to tell her uncle that she's tired. She wanted to go upstairs with the remaining sleepover attendees. He tried to convince her to stay, but her inner voice stayed strong, and she persisted in going to sleep. Shaking from adrenaline and fear, she quickly dropped up the steps and telling herself it was merely a misunderstanding and it was probably she was probably overthinking it. Everything would be back to normal in the morning. How like how and it's very normal for people to rational rationalize a situation like that when it comes to somebody that they do trust. Right. It's like, hold on, maybe I overreacted yeah. now that she's not, out of harm's way. Yeah, you're not but they're not used to it. That's foreign to her. Yeah. Very forward, like, hold on, maybe it's me, like, maybe I'm the problem, but I feel like a lot of kids, especially people, a lot of people do that. Yeah. A lot of people do that. 
doesn't even matter about kids. Yeah, I think people in general definitely. I do that, you know. Try to rationalize uncomfortable behavior by people that we expect yeah. more from. Yeah. But to Jordan's surprise, when she got upstairs, her cousin and her friends are all asleep. They are all nestled together on the sofa, the floor. The only spot left for Jordan was this rec recliner. She tries to go to sleep, but her heart is just racing. Her adrenaline is still pacing. Uncle Tommy eventually comes upstairs and he took a seat in the kitchen approximately three to four feet from where she was silently panicking. I would be freaking out. While she was pretending to sleep, her uncle who in hindsight was not going to stop so easily. I kind of figured that. Yeah. It's unfortunate. He walked over to the recliner and situated himself on the floor right next to her. He tried speaking to her, but she told him she was trying to sleep. He then said he would rub her back until she fell asleep. Unsure or naive, she allowed this. She was no stranger to this type of affection from her uncle, rubbing her back and always getting knots out of her neck. So this is something that she was very familiar. So she's still trying to rationalize his bad behavior. That's like her, that's like safe. Like, oh, um, I know this. This yeah, is I, something I'm used to. I'm used to this. So this isn't as bad as him caressing. And maybe downstairs really didn't happen the way that she thought it did. So she rolled over to her stomach so her uncle could rub her back. He's now massaging her back, her lower back, and then going up underneath her little bra class. And then to the sides towards her belly. But he was mumbling something, and she was still unsure to this day exactly what he was mumbling. And she kept on repeating herself, what were you saying, Uncle Tommy? And he kept on reassuring her, nothing, sweet pea, nothing. She was now petrified because yeah. the voice, because how he said sweet pea, it wasn't the normal tone of his, her loving uncle. This was a stranger. New person. This is a stranger a to her. Side. So after he kept on caressing her, she's now getting the courage again to speak up for herself. And she said, Uncle Tommy, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep now. Completely unfazed by her demands, he told her that he was just going to keep on rubbing her back until she fell asleep. Mm -hmm. She protested this time. But he, of course, insisted. And of course, she was she folded under pressure because she didn't want to question authority. Right. Even at that age, I would have been scared to question authority because I was raised not to, you we're, know. We're all raised to respect our elders. Respect and our elders. If they say something, it's done. So a few minutes went by and Uncle Tommy is continuously rubbing on her lower back, rubbing all, just caressing this poor child in inappropriate ways. And he kept on mumbling something. And she still to this day does not know what he kept on mumbling. Quicker than she could physically react to this man groping on her, his fingers slipped underneath her pajama pants. Yes. Scared and not knowing exactly what to do, she did the only thing that she could possibly do. Her The bubbles ran out of her so fast and sharp. I am tired and I want to go to bed. Please leave me alone. I might say, as a mother, 11 year old, props to there's yeah. so many people that don't stick up for themselves as adults. Yeah. It's a scary situation. They're scared for their life. They don't know what's going to happen. And as for an 11-year-old, maybe because it's her uncle and they're very close and they have a very communicative relationship and family that she's she is allowed to do that. She's yeah. like, hey, listen, I don't like that. But for an 11-year-old, props. Yeah, her. props to her because 
I, I've, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people and they're, they couldn't find their own voice. Yeah, and it, it's terrifying when it, you're going against somebody that you do love and cherish yeah. and don't think that you have to use your words against like them. Yeah. yeah. This is this man's response. He says, but sweet pea, I'm just trying to help you go to sleep as she can't figure out how to go to sleep by herself. She was going to sleep just fine, man. Yeah. But you had to keep on putting your, okay, this is, now I'm trying, it's getting personal for yeah. me. Like, she was going to sleep just fine, sir. Right. She don't need you. She never needed anyone. She puts she, herself to sleep every single day. She don't she need any girl. Yeah. He said, I'll stay by your side until you fall asleep. At this point, she was both exhausted from sheer shock of what was happening and how to survive. As he was sitting there watching her trying to fall asleep, while he's sitting there eyeing her up and down like a tiger before it pounces, she closes her eyes trying to black out the anxiety of what might he do next. I, I want to cry. That's, that's terrifying. All she heard in the background was her cousin and friends sleeping very soundly in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on the television. Her heart was beating so loud that she swore somebody was going to hear it and come downstairs and save her. It breaks my heart. She quoted, I felt like I was laying there forever, trying to calm myself with this predator stalking me. <sighs> trying to take a few seconds. <clears throat> but then she heard it. And she heard it clear as day. She heard her uncle Tommy say, let me see your tits. Show me your tits. Over and over, he repeated those words. And it sliced right through her like a hot knife. She hadn't been crazy. She wasn't overreacting. Her uncle Tommy just asked her to show him her tits. Like, my heart is in my stomach right now. Mine is so. I can throw up. She don't know where the strength that instantly surged through her came from and said, Uncle Tommy, I heard what you said. Leave me alone. No, no, sweet pea. He said he wasn't talking to her. He was referring to Hillary Banks on the TV. She said, no, I heard what you said. She repeated. She clambered to her feet, unsure what to do next, and she quickly ran to the safest place that she could see in hindsight. And that was the bathroom. She was so scared and built up with adrenaline that she vomited everywhere. Yeah, I would, I would be terrified too. Yeah. As she flushed the toilet and she was trying to gather herself, her pupils were huge and she could barely recognize herself. That's, I mean, that's traumatizing. Yeah. You could just tell that her whole entire life was filled with love and safety. Mm -hmm. And then in the blink of an eye, a monster can come in and destroy all of that. And it will never be the same. It will probably never be the same. So as she was in the bathroom, she kept on repeating it to herself. When will my dad get here? After she cleaned herself and tried to get herself under control, she ran out of the bathroom and ran into the recliner. She put herself in the tightest ball so she can protect the places that her uncle hasn't already tainted. He was mumbling and pacing back and forth, looking frantic. He then looked over at her in all fear, seemingly left his body, and he narrowed his eyes and gave her this coldest stare that pierced through her soul. He said, if you ever tell anyone, I'll kill you, I'll kill your whole family, and then I'll kill myself. You know how common that is? 
Because a lot of people always threaten. threaten yeah. Because they know that they that person wants to protect everyone they love and you know themselves. They don't want anyone to like be hurt. Like yeah. they're hurting. Nothing else was said after that. As fast as it started, it ended. But now she has to survive for the rest of the night. She don't know if this predator predator is gonna come back. Like she don't know what his mindset is. One, he just threatened her whole entire family. Right. He just threatened to kill her. <laughs> she probably was more terrified in that moment the, than she was the whole, the whole entire night. Like, of this predator looking at her. Yeah. Like he's and then in the back of my mind, how long were you thinking these things? Right. How long have you been grooming her to let her touch her, her shoulders? All these years. Like she's very she's very comfortable with this man touching on her, giving massages hanging out, sitting on his lap. It was kind of alarming at that point. Like, how long have you been grooming your niece? Jordan is trying to fall back asleep. I wish I could protect that 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 person. And she kept on telling herself her dad will be there shortly. That's exactly what I would be telling myself as well. My dad and my mom will be there shortly. Mm -hmm. And she kept on telling herself, don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. Unfortunately, Jordan did fall asleep. You know, she's mentally exhausted. She just went through something that she's never had to go through a day in her life. This will ultimately change her life for the rest of her life. To this day. To this day. Her aunt woke her up and she said, Jor, your dad's here. She perked up, got herself, ran in the car. Her father noticed that something was off with Jordan because Jordan and her father were also very close. Jordan is a very family-oriented person. Yeah. So when she sees her family, she's at home. Like, she's always been that way. She loves her family. So her being quiet was something that Jordan just did not do. And I feel like, as a parent, I'm speaking for you, you automatically know when your kid's upset or something's I mean, happened. Yeah. Like, you know. So it's just really sad that, like... Parents know, but they don't know. They, yeah, parents know, but they don't know. So her dad kept on asking her, Jorah, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong, baby? And she couldn't tell her dad. She couldn't tell her dad that a piece of her has been stolen. But he kept on asking her. He was very persistent. He just kept on saying, Jorah, baby girl, what's wrong? And all she kept on hearing in the back of her head was ringing like a telephone. If you ever tell anyone, I'll kill you. I'll kill your whole family. And then I'll kill myself. She did exactly what she was told to do. To protect her family. To protect her family. She never uttered the words that happened to her. Years went on. Like years of, you know, moving on, hanging out with more family members. I believe that she was still hanging out with, she had to see her um, abuser. She had to see her abuser throughout these years that's passed. Because her mother and father didn't know. Nobody knew. And they were family-oriented, I'm guessing, so they were just, like, at cookouts and stuff. Yep. So years passed, and she developed this fear of trusting any man. She didn't trust him. She no longer had the closest relationship with her father. She was very close with her grandfather that she distanced herself away from him. He eventually got ill, and she was so scared to be in an intimate setting with a man that when he got sick, she didn't get to 
mourn him the proper way because she was so terrified of being in that room or that space with an, another man. Her family decided that they were going to go visit Michigan. Jordan's father is originally from Michigan. He also has a twin and he has a daughter, Kenna. Kenna and Jordan is all, are also very close. So they eventually let Kenna come stay with them for the summer. And this is where things take a turn, you know? Maybe there's a different path for Jordan in this deep, dark secret. Kenna and Jordan are hanging out back in Maryland. While Kenna and Jordan are hanging out, Kenna finds Jordan's diary. Years have been gone by, so she's not remembering that she wrote down her deepest secret in this diary. Jordan has lots of diaries. So this isn't a diary that she's writing in today. Mm -hmm. So she thought nothing of it. She realized that her cousin's face was pale white. And she kind of looks at Jordan and she says, is this true? Did this really happen to you? This was like, you know what? This is my favorite cousin. Why not? I'm going, I'm going, this is a safe space. Yes, it did happen to me. Kenna was very upset. And she said, you have to tell somebody. So at that age, and you have an older sibling, I would go to my sibling first. Yeah. And that's exactly what Jordan did. Jordan went to her older brother, Dunkel. And Kenna came, come along with her. And she told him everything Uncle Tommy did to her that night at the sleepover flabbergasted by the news of his also favorite uncle and he was just staring at her and she asked him she said do you believe me that's the question that everyone is afraid to ask that's because the question that's, people will say. that's the question because yeah. and that is everybody's fear it's like will will anybody believe me yeah. this man is loved by all you know Never done anything wrong to you. Dunkle uttered the words, no. And I may say, as a 15, 16, 17 year old boy, you have this vision of someone that you've known for so long, so it's so hard to even think that you have, there's a different side of him. And I feel like a lot of family members do that. They can't believe that this person could do that yeah. because they never see that side of yeah, him. Yeah, it's never happened to him. It never happened he's to He's also a very young boy at this time. Yeah, he's 15, 16, 17 years old. He's a teen, so, and, and by having this news out, it doesn't, and, and this is Jordan's mindset, it just doesn't affect her. She's old enough and caring enough to know that it will affect Uncle Tommy's kids, his family, her mm -hmm. mama, her other cousins. It would also affect her mother because that is her brother. Uh, so she's, she's thinking these, she's. She's taken account of all of this mm -hmm. and not ever putting herself first. So with the news of her brother not believing her, she vowed that she was never going to tell another soul. And she made Kenna vow to never tell that story ever. Kenna kept her secret. Mm -hmm. She put it in her vault and Jordan moved on with her life. Kind of like you go to one person the fear is no one's going to believe you. You ask, you ask them, the closest person to you, they say no. You would want to keep that secret put mm -hmm. away in the back of your head for the rest of your life. Yep. So, Jordan, more years go on. 
lots of years go on. So it's around 2009, around this time. Jordan is just self-loathing. Like she is living with this secret. Even though she don't know that this is why she's acting out the way that she is, she's drinking. She eventually did lose her virginity at 13 from some random guy. Like she became very promiscuous. She had a lack of self worth. She just felt like she was poisoned by Uncle Tommy. And this idea that her worth was determined that what she can give people was her body was her body. So she eventually meets her best friend at 15, Megan. She was partying, smoking weed, smoking cigarettes. And they also had the same coping mechanism. And that was cutting. Mm. Which is very, very, very common. They feel like that's the only um, way they have power over their bodies yes. themselves, correct? Yeah. I have family members that also cut themselves because they wanted some sort of control, mm -hmm. self-control, or they didn't know how to put their emotions or energy out verbally. So it's like the only thing that they can do is hurt, 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 hurt themselves. Now she has a best friend. Jordan has an outlet. She has somebody just as damaged as her. You have two friends that have the same coping mechanisms. They're interested in the same activities. Megan actually starts being interested in her brother, Dunkle. They were called the Three Musketeers. Until I want to introduce Kyle. Kyle is Jordan's beau. It's a childhood friend of hers that they grew up in the same childhood park. But Kyle was in and out. He moved. He was from this house to that house. Um, he also came from a, a damaged background. Not saying that he has like this crazy... Life, but that's the life. But you know, everybody has a, a traumatizing childhood. I, I cannot say that nobody's not traumatized by their past because I know I am, but I can't keep on speaking for everybody. All Megan, Dunkle, and Jordan become inseparable. They are hanging out together, they're going to parties together. Jordan has actually now found her tribe. She realized that she has never felt this comfortable with a man before. Mm. So Jordan does something that she vowed that she would never do. And she tells Kyle what Uncle Tommy did to her. He didn't flinch. He didn't blink. He grabbed her. Jordan didn't even have to ask if he believed her. He apologized for what happened to her. He told her that he was going to protect her from then on out. Can you imagine like the one person, like another person you told and the automatically like jumping on that I'll protect you. Yes. That's all you want to hear. That's all you want to feel. Yeah. It's that's all you want to feel is that you're safe. Like, yeah. I'm finally I'm seeing. I'm seeing. Someone I'm believes me. Like, yeah. my voice is it's there. Yeah. So that was like a, a relief for her. She was like, I found somebody that, you know, wants to love me, wants to protect me. Her telling Kyle, Jordan, Dunkel, Megan, and Kyle all decide that tonight is the night that they're going to put all of their traumas, anything that has ever hurt them, and put it on the table. I, I actually want to play this night of truth. I think yeah. it's really good. Like it's healing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's empowering. It's taking your power back if something did traumatize and happen to you. It's a safe space. It's a safe space. So in the midst of Dunkle, Megan, Kyle, and Jordan expressing themselves, Jordan finally gets enough courage and tells Dunkle and Megan what happened to her. 
And Dunkle immediately realizes that he made a mistake, that he didn't believe his sister all those years ago. And, you know, he was a little younger. Dunkle was very apologetic to his sister. He wished he would have believed her. I don't think she ever felt any kind of ill will towards her brother for not believing her. And in the midst of them all crying, I guess in a healing way, Jordan and Dunkle's mom walks in and she is like, what the hell is going on? Jordan and her mom are hugging and consoling each other. Um, And it was a beautiful moment for Jordan because she realized that she found her tribe. Mm -hmm. She found her people that she knew that was always going to protect her and have her back, which she always should have had. I don't know why I'm about to cry. I was about to ask her, are you about to cry? Because as a person, as a woman, as a mom, me as a mom especially, I can't imagine being in that position of you holding that secret all by yourself. Mm-hmm. All by yourself through all those years. And Would you feel as like you felt like you were approachable? Would I have thought that I wouldn't have been approachable? Like, if I kept that secret from you, would you feel like, like... Me, personally, I would have... for you. Yeah. If, if you kept that secret from me, and I found out later in life that you kept that secret, I would have thought that I... And it has nothing to do with you, and it has nothing to do with Jordan. Because that monster, like, told her, mm-hmm. you know, these horrible things. And, but I personally would have felt like I wasn't there for you. I would have felt like I failed you as a mom. Mm-hmm. And I know that's exactly how Dawn was feeling in that moment. Um, but since Jordan was intoxicated, she told her daughter that she wanted to talk to her the next morning when she was sober. In which they did. And she repeated the, the exactly what happened. Her mom is traumatized by what she just heard that next morning like I mean she heard it the night before so I'm sure that she didn't sleep very well so when her mom and her had that conversation in the morning she told her mom please don't tell Uncle Tommy even though Dawn wanted to you know do the M-U-R-D-E-R thing to him she kept Jordan's promise and not say anything to that monster. She respected her daughter. She respected her daughter's wishes. So with her mom having this information about her brother and what he has done to her daughter, she never spoke to her brother again. So all the messages through Facebook, all the family get-togethers, all the Christmas calls, holiday conversations ceased. So the thing that Tommy did was do one thing that any guilty person would do. And that is what? This is the narcissist manipulation gaslighting. You tell lies. Yes. Yep. You start telling freaking lies to anybody that will listen. So you have people on your side. So with the family hearing these, these, these rumors from Tommy, they're all addicted to drugs and they're just, you know, they're distancing themselves away from the family because they're on drugs. And they have, they may have nibbled in marijuana and drank on occasion. You know, teens do that. Yes, they do. I did it. I know you did it. Um, But I don't think that's called an addiction. No. So he's just having a smear campaign, running their names through the mud, 
trying to get anybody to get on their side. The family is a little shocked. So they call Dawn and they're like, hey, what's going on with you and Tommy? Why are you guys not talking? And uh, Dawn asked Jordan if it was okay if she said anything and she said no. But she did give her mom permission to call her brother. And so that is what she did. To confront him. To confront this man. She calls her brother and she informed him that her daughter told her everything about what he did. He immediately denied it. He called her a liar even. He would never do such a thing. However, she was not the first person to make claims against Uncle Tommy. In fact, he had been brought up on child molestation charges that were eventually dropped. So this isn't his first? This isn't his first rodeo. They're just coming to the realization that Uncle Tommy was just a predator. After the conversation she had between her brother, he left well enough alone. He stopped spreading rumors within the family and accepted the fact that the relationship with her and her family was good as dead. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Time goes goes on. Kyle and Jordan are still dating. Her relationship with her mom is better than it's ever been. She has stopped drinking. She stopped smoking marijuana. She stopped cutting herself. These are all the things that she now has control over. And she is taking her life back. Five days after her 19th birthday, she found out she was pregnant. They were ecstatic. They were pregnant. They're living their life. They're finding themselves. It's it's amazing. The Uncle Tommy is far out the picture. In the rearview mirror, she she don't feel like she has to confront him anymore. She has her people. She knows that they believe her and they're helping her cope. She's taking power over herself. They yes, that's exactly what she was doing. It was twenty weeks pregnant. She realized that they were having a girl. Calling her or both ecstatic and terrified. Terrified because of what happened, what Uncle Tommy has done to her in her childhood. And she knows that there's predators amongst everybody mm-hmm. in the shadows, whether it's your uncle, your teacher, like she she can't trust anybody. Yeah. And the first thing you would have, the first thing that I would have thought as a mother was, how am I going to protect her? Yeah. How am I going to protect her? I think that's everybody's instinct when they get yeah. pregnant. But when they find out they're having a girl. girl it's 10 times not saying that it can't happen to boys. Yeah, it no, does. it does happen to boys. It happens to children. It happens to people. people. So, of course, her happiest moment became one of her darkest moments. Again, mm-hmm. owned by that man, Uncle Tommy. So, late into her pregnancy, they have to find a new OBGYN because she's getting closer to her due date. They're going down a long list of questions, you know, the typical questions. But then a question came up and the assistant asked, have you ever been molested? Mm. And she answered quicker than she attended and without even thinking. And she says, yes. She then asked, how old were you? And was it reported? She was very angry at herself for even like responding that way. I think she was so used to, to saying, yes, this happened to me in her tight-knit circle. With her little tribe. Yeah. She felt felt safe with. Yes, that she felt no regards to normal. say. It was, it was very normal. It became very normal for her to say, yes, this did happen to me. I'm owning it. But I don't think that she wants to tell yeah. the physician. But she she did. And she says, I was 11 and Noah wasn't reported. And she asked, where did this happen? And why wasn't it reported? And did mom know? 
She then explained to them that because this this assault took place in a different state and she was a minor, she was legally supposed to report this. And of course, her heart sank because now this is just being like being yeah. right, brought, brought up. right back up. With panic in her heart and soul, she left the appointment scared and sick to her stomach, knowing this could be, this could not be undone. The next day, she received a phone call from the sheriff's department located in the county that her uncle Tommy lived in. They explained to her that they, they had received a report from her doctor and wanted to ask some questions. They asked the typical questions you would expect, the who's, what's, where's, and when, when of the night. And they asked if she wanted to press charges. So she's thinking to herself, she's like, I'm six months pregnant. I don't need the, the added stress. It dawned on her. I am having a little girl. And God forbid something like this ever happened to her. How could she convince her to fight for her to bring her abuser to justice if this ever happened to her, if she couldn't? So she said, I will move forward and press charges. I know what kind of relief she probably felt. Like, she probably was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, if you can't do it for, you know, yourself, you gotta do it for your little girl. And sometimes that happens. Like, you really have to find a reason, a purpose. Mm -hmm. Like, power, the strength. Because... You don't want this man to continuously be on the streets touching and doing things to little girls. Mm -hmm. She said that she was going to move forward and press charges. If she couldn't do it for her, she was going to do it for her daughter yeah. and all the other girls that had the misfortunes of crossing paths with Uncle Tommy. A few weeks after she made the decision to move forward with the charges, she was contacted by a detective from the sheriff's office. She was much more pregnant now. And because they were so far away, like they were living in York, PA, and Uncle Tommy was still living in Elton, Maryland, they decided that they were going to meet halfway. Yeah. She got in a car and the detective and the victim's advocate was in the backseat. They asked her to retell the story. And when she was finished telling the story of the night of the sleepover, the detective asked her a question that she was not ready for. He found his phone number. Do you think that you can call him, confront him? So we can see if he admits it to you. Of course, her heart sunk and it was pounding because mine's pounding. And mine's I'm, not, I'm not even being asked to confront my abuser. My heart is pounding. And she said as strong as she could, yes, I can do that. Detective dialed the phone number and handed her the phone. Yellow, he answered in a typical Uncle Tommy fashion. Uncle Tommy, yes, who is this? It's Jordan. She stated, very dry. Oh, sweet pea, he said happily, not knowing he was about to be confronted by the secret he was desperate to keep. He threatened an 11-year-old with murder. She then asked him why did he do the things that he did to her. Oh, sweet pea, I would never do that to you. I don't know why you would say that. I would never hurt you. More and more lies. He then went to say... I'm clean now. I haven't had a drink in XX amount of months. Why bring that up? Why would you bring that up, sir? Why would you bring that up? That you're drinking. I'm, and then he also had the nerve to say, I'm so sorry if you think I did this to you. Think. If you think. If you think I did something like that to you, I am so sorry. It's monstrous it's monstrous you know what you did the fact that you're even given an excuse or an outlet hey like i haven't drank in a very long time so that person don't exist anymore right you That's know in the past i don't drink anymore 
So after listening to him apologize for a few more times, so he didn't just apologize once for something that he didn't do. He apologized a few times on the phone. They ended the phone call and the detective and the victim advocate told her that she did a great job because it takes a lot to confront your abuser over the phone, face to face, but whatever, through a letter, it's hard. They parted ways. The next day, she received a phone call from the detective to inform her that an arrest warrant has been issued for her uncle Tom and he was going to be apprehended shortly. What is apprehended? He was going to be arrested, in which he was on his way to work. This monster really thought that he was going to get away with it. And it's disgusting that people, predator, like predators, predators prey on people like that and think that they're going to get away with it right. with a, a threat. That little girl was not always going to remain a little girl. And there was going to be a time in her life where she was going to have to speak out for herself. She's going to feel strong enough and have control over herself. Now it comes and like makes me think, like, is that why so many predators after they molest their, their victims, they murder them? Probably. I cannot stand this. Well, the detective also informed Jordan that he personally interrogated Uncle Tommy for a few hours. And during the interview, Uncle Tommy had admitted to everything Ooh. except for putting his hands in Jordan's pants. They tell a little bit of the story. They don't tell the full story. They don't tell the full story. So a little bit of it makes it seem like, okay, he's telling the truth. He didn't do that bad of a thing. Though. He did a bad thing, he did, but yeah. he didn't do the bad, yeah, bad that's what thing. I'm saying. Like, he didn't do the worst of it, the yeah. worst of it, but yeah. he did yeah. something. So after all those years of Jordan being tormented by this monster in her head, in her heart, he finally admitted to it. Like, she finally gets the validation, not from peers, but by the person that has damaged her the most, hurt her the most. After Tom, Uncle Tommy was taken into custody, she received another phone call from the detective to inform her that another girl has brought charges against him. It's like once one person points out the abuser, they're like, they're like oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I could do it too. It, this happened to me too. But when it comes to Jordan's case, Jordan eventually goes to trial with her Uncle Tommy. Uncle Tommy's lawyer, with his witty tongue, asked Jordan if Uncle Tommy going to jail or would she be satisfied with Tommy registering as a sex offender for was more important to her. And she said, quote, I want, I want him to be fairly punished with jail time, but I also and more concerned about him registering as a sex offender to keep others safe. He said, okay, and he walked out. Uncle Tommy had to register as a sex offender with 35 years suspended. Suspended from like probation or his job? Oh no, from jail time, babe. So the lawyer, I guess, just was really fast and witty and Jordan being uneducated with criminal law, um, you know, they pushed, that got one over on her. He did not have to serve any more jail time. He uh, had to register as a sex offender. She felt so angry and confused and tricked. This even happened to her, but she, all she could do was move forward. He Now he has much 
registered as a sex offender and she had to keep on going. But the story does not end there. Girl, the girl that brought charges against Tommy. But with that case, Uncle Tommy was sentenced to 35 years of prison time. And the victim that he is serving jail time for, when she got up on the stand, the victim's impact statement, she called up Jordan, asked if she wanted to stand next to her while she read the impact statement. And Jordan too got to look Uncle Tommy in the face while the other victim got to say everything that she ever wanted to say to him. And Jordan got to stand there and hold her hand and look Tommy in the face while he had to listen to what he did to her. I just got chills. I, I just got chills. It's so brave. And like, I, oh. Yes, he is still serving time, which I'm very happy for. Very happy. Um, pedophiles definitely think that they're going to get away with abusing people. I did want to read a quote from Jordan. She says, as victims, we have the numbers, we have the power, and due to the maliciousness of others, we have the strength we never asked for. Today, I have made the decision to use my strength in the support of my incredible tribe to let anyone listen know, listening know that healing does happen. We've got this together. No longer will we be victims. We are victors. And that is the story of Jordan Waxter. Before we get out of here, please go to our Instagram. We are going to have updates about Jordan, where she is today, pictures of Jordan during this whole ordeal, and um, give you a little bit of more insight about who Jordan is. We also are going to have hotline numbers for being sexually assaulted, harassment hotline, and rain. We are going to have all that information on our Instagram. If you or anybody that you know has been a victim of sexual assault. If you guys want to hear more stories like this, just let me know. But just take it easy on me because these are my first time. This is my I first time doing this. This is my first time doing this. So please be a little gentle. But I do want you guys to join us for next week's episode. And we are going to talk about virginity Woo-hoo. and sex. And how many of us, including myself, has lost their virginity to somebody over age. This is Danny with a Y. And this is Danny with an I. And you just ate rotten apples. Bye.